So we have the, the privilege today of looking at one of the old gospel hymns of the church. And it's there in your notes, so get your notes. You can turn it over and see that uh, today we're looking at um, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. Can I remind you today that this cross that is behind me, you can't miss it. I, Eric DeGradia came last week and didn't even recognize that we had a big cross. <laughs> We've got a big cross in the sanctuary, and it is a wondrous cross. Filled with pain, filled with sorrow, filled with sacrifice for our benefit. So I would say it, it, is, a, it is a wondrous cross. And by the way, Tom Rodowski and his team did a, did a phenomenal job of, 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 uh, of this beautiful cross. It's going to stay up as we walk through Lent together. The writer of When I Surveyed the Wondrous Cross was Isaac Watts written in the 1700s. He is known as the father of English hymns. Really, really interesting. At, at age four, he learned Latin. At age eight, he learned Greek. At age 11, he spoke fluent French. And at age 13, he spoke fluent Hebrew. Amazing. He wrote 750 hymns. Amazing. Back in those days in the English Christian church, they sang only from the Psalms. So they didn't, they didn't just, they sang only from the book of Psalms, which is in the Old Testament. And Isaac Watts just confronted his father, who was, a, who was a pastor, and said, why are we just limited to singing just the psalms? And his father challenged him and said, well, if you don't like the way we do things, then come up with something better. <laughs> so watch this. So he started to write the hymns. And the church transitioned away from singing just the psalms and started to sing hymns. So watch this. The hymns was contemporary worship. And they shifted from the Psalms to singing the hymns. And that was considered contemporary worship. Isn't that interesting? Which I think should challenge all of us to embrace new songs, hang on to the old, and embrace the new Amen. because God enjoys them all. God is not limited to just the hymns. He's not just limited to the Psalms. He's just not limited to contemporary Christian worship. God enjoys them all. Now, we all have different tastes. Like if I were to go in your car today and, and, and flip on and your radio, your radio station is going to be at a, a different frequency than mine doesn't mean mine's right and yours is wrong or yours is wrong and mine's right. It's just we have different tastes. So God is able to handle all styles of worship. He wrote uh, some, some other very, very famous, famous hymns. A lot of you are going to recognize these. Uh, Alas, did my Savior bleed. I'm a soldier of the cross. I sing the mighty power of God. I'll praise my maker. Jesus shall reign. 
joy in all the glorious names. You'll remember this one, joy to the world. In December, when we begin to sing, the, the, the joy to the world was written by Isaac Watts. We're marching to Zion. Oh God, our help in the past ages, and when I survey the wondrous cross. Now, I want you just for a moment to survey the wondrous cross. And when you look at the cross, and I look at the cross, many times we see things differently because we're coming from different vantage points. Think about when Christ died on the cross. How many different people were observing the death of Jesus Christ on the cross? They all had different vantage points, didn't they? Think of the, the politicians. Think of the religious leaders. Think of Mary, the mother of Jesus. Think of the disciples. Think of the, the Sadducees and the Pharisees. Think of Judas and his perception of the cross. Think of our enemy, the devil, his perception, his view, his vantage point of the cross. Think of the two thieves that were on the cross. Think of God our Father and his vantage point. You see, all of these people, whether they were the disciples or, or the mother of Jesus or the politicians or the Sadducees, they all had a different vantage point and they had a different view of the cross and that is what's so beautiful about the wondrous cross whatever vantage point you're coming at whatever situation you're dealing with you can survey the wondrous cross and when you need healing you can receive healing when you need forgiveness and mercy you can receive mercy and grace when you are convicted you when you survey the wondrous cross you can receive grace and mercy and kindness and goodness, all that God offers. doesn't matter how or, or what vantage point you have, it is a wondrous cross. <coughs> I'm glad that we can run to the cross. I'm glad that we can embrace the cross. I'm glad that when some portions of our Christian faith are, are, are taking crosses down, removing crosses from the sanctuaries, not singing about the cross because it's not politically correct. I am glad that as believers that we can still embrace the cross of, the cross of Christ because it is wondrous. How many of you have ever ran to the cross when you needed grace and mercy and kindness and you found comfort in the cross? Isaac Watts would say, when you look at the cross, whatever vantage point you're coming from, it is a glorious and wondrous cross. So we unapologetically embrace the cross of Christ. We run to it. It helps us to live. It gives us strength and hope and peace. And I'm glad that we can survey the wondrous cross of Christ today. Can I get an amen? amen. Now, I've only got four, four points for you today, and I want you to fill in the blanks, get your notes out, uh, and, and, and let's look at, the, at uh, what happens when we survey the wondrous cross. Point number one, when you survey the, the, the wondrous cross, you see, everyone say see. see. You see God's amazing gift of grace. The cross is a gift of grace. You and I can't earn it. You and I don't deserve it. You and I can't, we're not good enough. 
But when I see the cross, when I survey the wondrous cross, I see the beautiful gift of grace. I see God's grace. Can I get an amen? amen. Last Sunday, we had a, we had a, a beautiful time. And, and we're going to do this again this, this Sunday, right after church, right after we dismiss here in a few moments. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite you to come to the cross. And we're going to make it a little bit easier for you this Sunday. Last Sunday, we just kind of did it on a whim, and, and this Sunday we planned. We have three crosses on our campus today. You can come to the front, and you can survey the wondrous cross and receive God's grace. We've got one in the lobby for you, and we even plan to have one outside on Fair Lane Avenue. We are a user-friendly church here. <laughs> and if we need more crosses, we'll put them up. Why? Because there's something beautiful when people like you and me, when people like Isaac Watts come to the cross. It's a connection. There is a, what I call a collision of your need and God's amazing grace. So in just a few minutes, I invite you, whether it's outside, whether it's in the lobby or here at the front, to come and just view the cross. Survey the wondrous cross and receive God's gift of grace. I had so much fun last week just watching people, just observing them, coming up and touching the cross, coming up and standing at the cross. Pastor Bill Pickett is here, and he and I had a, a beautiful moment together, just arm in arm, just standing at the cross. I never get tired of seeing the cross. I never get tired of looking at the wondrous cross, because when you and I run to the cross, we receive grace, and it's a gift of grace. How many are grateful for God's grace today? So when you run to the cross, receive grace. It's a gift of grace. You can't earn it. You don't deserve it. But God says, I've brought you Jesus, and I've given you the cross so that you can walk in grace. Let me hear an amen. Look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Can I tell you something? We serve a wealthy God. He's just not, doesn't have just money. The Bible says he is rich in mercy. Have you ever wondered... God, are you able to forgive me? Are you able? I've messed up so many times. God, I've failed you so many times. I've turned my back on you. God, I've got this issue. I've got this habit. I've got this, 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 this circumstance that I'm dealing with. And God, I've failed you so many times. Are you able to forgive me just one more time? Has everyone, everyone ever thought like that? I mean, every time I get on I-4, I ask God for more grace. Why? Because I get honked at all the time. They love Jesus, but they don't love me. And they don't like the way I drive. I don't understand. Like, when I get in a car, I'm on a mission. I am going somewhere. I am convinced that 99% of the drivers in Central Florida have no idea where they're going. And they have no purpose. They're just aimlessly driving around. And I want to honk at them and just say, hey, I've got somewhere to go. Would you please get off my road? and let me get to my place. So I am constantly asking God, well, please forgive me. God, I'm impatient. God, I'm, I'm rude. And I'm reminded in Ephesians that God says, I am rich in mercy. There's somebody here today 
You feel like you've just failed them way too many times. You're pushing the envelope. You failed too many times. Could be issues with lust, pride, greed, whatever it is. Ephesians chapter 1 says that we serve a God who is rich in mercy. When you and I come to him and repent, God is always rich in mercy. Can I get an amen? You see, when I look at the cross, it may not be the way you see it. You may have a different vantage point. But when I see the cross, I see that it is an opportunity for me to see God's beautiful gift of grace. Number two, I love this one. When I, feel, when I see the, the, and survey the wondrous cross, I feel God's amazing presence of peace. See, when I see the cross, I'm not offended by that. That doesn't offend me. It's the exact opposite. I sense God's presence of peace when I see the cross. Why? Because we are at peace with God and God's beautiful peace. Look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, 16. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you at peace at all times and in every way the Lord be with all of you. When you see the cross, you feel God's amazing presence of peace. I wish you would have been with me on Monday morning when we had our staff meeting. And by the way, we've got a great staff here at this church. Amazing, dedicated, compassionate. They love what they do. We love each other. Can I tell you, we have no drama on our staff. There's no division. We are united. There's no issues. We get along. So I walked in the staff meeting on Monday morning at 10 o'clock. And you just saw their face when I said it. It was in the conference room. I said, all right, everybody, we're not going to meet in here. Come follow me. And the look on their face was one of perplexion. They were confused. They didn't know what was going on. I said, come follow me. And you know what I did? I walked them out of the conference room, and I walked them right in here, and we sat right here on this front row. And I looked at every single one of them. I said, listen, I've got nothing to say to you today. I've got nothing to preach to you today. I want us as a staff to simply sit in the presence of God and survey the wondrous cross. They told me it was the best staff meeting we've ever had. <laughs> I don't know what that says about my leadership. And you know the beautiful thing, church? We didn't sit there for an hour. We sat there for 10 minutes. And in 10 minutes, when you survey the wondrous cross, you are able to not only see God's grace, but you're able to feel his amazing presence of peace. And John Bryant patted me on the back and said, Pastor Scott, that was the best staff meeting we've ever had. Thank you. So guess what we're going to do tomorrow morning? <laughs> we're going to sit on the front row and survey the wondrous cross. Why? Because we need peace in this troubled world. And when you and I survey the wondrous cross, you see his grace and you feel his peace. There's somebody here today, you're, on the, you're at the end of your rope. You're dealing with somebody on the job. You're dealing with situations in, in your family and you're at wit's end. Guess what? I encourage you to come to the cross. It's a glorious cross. It's a wonderful cross. You'll not only receive grace, but you will feel his peace.
peace. Come to the cross. Touch it. Kneel at it. Weep. Feel God's peace when you and I come to the glorious, wonderful cross of Christ. Can I get an amen? amen. Number three, quickly. I love this one. When I survey the wondrous cross of Christ, I see God's amazing gift of grace. I feel God's amazing presence of peace. Number three, I hear God's amazing voice of acceptance. His amazing voice of acceptance. When you come to the cross, you will hear God say, I accept you. I did this for you. I bled for you. I went through this pain for you, and I want you to hear God's amazing voice of acceptance. Look in Colossians chapter 1, verse 21 and 22. Once you were alienated from God, and you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through the death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Can I get an amen? amen? You see, when you come to the cross, you will hear his beautiful voice of acceptance. I love 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 29. But you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who's called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Hear God's beautiful voice of acceptance when you come to the cross. And then number four, Bruce, if you can go to the keyboard. Number one, you see God's amazing gift of grace. You feel God's amazing presence of peace. You hear God's amazing voice of acceptance. And then number three, you receive God's amazing blessing of approval. His blessing of approval. Look at Isaiah chapter 54, verse 10. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, Yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed. Why? Because when you go to the cross and you see it and feel it and hear it, you receive God's amazing blessing of approval. God loves you. The cross is nothing but God's symbol of love for you today, and he's approved of you. He doesn't like what you do all the time. Doesn't like the way you act. Doesn't like the way I drive. But guess what? He blesses us with his approval. And I want you to hear that today. I want you to hear it. A couple of years ago, I spoke at a community event called Men at the Cross. I, I, I'm in a Bible study every Friday morning. We meet in Maitland. And my prerequisite for going to the Bible study, as I said, I'll go under one condition. I'm not going to lead it. I just want to be one of, the, one of the guys. I've been doing it now for about five or six years. It's, it, it, it's amazing. I don't lead it. I just sit, and I'm just like everybody else. Good group of guys. They were instrumental in, in, in helping us get through this tragedy that we faced with this past six months. Just like you, man, they were there. I call them my band of brothers. They had me speak a couple years ago at, at an event we do every year. It's called Men at the Cross. And we meet on Good Friday. And we hold it at First United Methodist Church in Winter Park. They have a little amphitheater overlooking the lake. And the sun comes up from the east. And 
right at 6.30, two or three hundred men gather, and we sing just one or two songs, then we have someone talk. It's a beautiful, beautiful way to kick off the Easter uh, weekend. It's called Men at the Cross. They asked me to speak. And I took the cross that's hanging in the, in the yard here on Fairlane. I took that, and I talked about the beauty of the cross. And then I did something I've never done before, and it was, it was absolutely amazing. I had all the men line up, and I had a couple guys that were up front with me, and one by one, those guys would put the cross on their shoulder just for a second. I talked about the man who carried the cross of Christ. I talked about how the cross of Christ brings us peace and comfort and, and, and strength. And, and just for a second, every one of those men, strong men, confident men, successful men, when they laid that cross on their shoulder, I'm telling you, something magical took place. Something beautiful took place. They felt, watch this, the weight of that cross just for a second. What was so beautiful about that is, is that when they felt the, the weight of that cross, my message was about God's approval over their lives. That we come in, in sin, we come in shame, we come as failures. But when we embrace the cross of Christ, we receive God's approval for our life. And I sat back and watched as man after man after man feeling the weight of that cross begin to cry, begin to weep. Why? Because when you carry the cross, when you confront the cross, when you survey the wonderful cross of Christ, it will fill you and you will hear and see and feel and receive God's grace, God's comfort, God's healing, and you receive God's approval. Because he says to you and I today, I did this for you. When I survey the wondrous cross. Now, on the bottom of your notes, I've left you a blank. I'm not going to tell you what to put in that blank because I want you from your vantage point, from where you're seated today, from what's going on in your life, I want you to write at the bottom of our notes today, when you survey the wondrous cross of Christ, what do you feel? What do you see? What do you receive? And whatever it is, it's made possible through the beautiful sacrifice of Christ's death on Calvary's cross. It's a wonderful cross. Now, this is what we're going to do. We've got a lot of options today. Option A is you come to the front of the sanctuary and spend a few moments as we dismiss. Some of you may want to go to the lobby and engage in the lobby. Some of you may want to really get radical and go out there on Fairlane Avenue and have a collision at the cross. Your need, your pain, your sin, and God's amazing grace that's available through Jesus Christ. When I survey the wonderful cross of Christ, I see grace and approval and acceptance and healing for all of us.